Hey guys, Mina here. Just jumping in here to let you guys know we have something so exciting. It's a free masterclass and we created it just for you right now. We keep getting questions. How do I pivot and sell right now? The number one question we get is how can I make more sales? And so we want to teach you how to create a plan to boost your sales and grow your business right now. So if you want this totally free masterclass that we've created for product-based businesses, head over to pivotandsell.com. We'll see you in there. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kulosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. And introducing the other half of the Product Boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey everybody, Jacqueline and Mina here, your co-hosts of the Product Boss Podcast. Today, we will be sharing a conversation we had with a fellow female founder. You see, we believe women helping women is what the world needs more of. Introducing our female founder episodes, where we interview fellow female entrepreneurs and highlight their small business. Our goal is to shine a spotlight on product businesses to encourage our community to support each other learn from each other, buy from each other, and lift each other up. So let's jump in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another live podcast recording. We are super excited, and this is part of our Female Founders episodes. And we are really excited to have Darren Moore of Brown Girls Do Gymnastics, and she also owns Cooper Rose Baby. So welcome to the podcast, Darren. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're excited to have you. So you're in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. Okay. We like to ask people where they are in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. So you're in Atlanta, Georgia. And tell us about now you have multiple businesses. We have you on here because we're going to talk about Brown Girls Do Gymnastics as well as a little bit about Cooper Rose Baby. Um, Mm -hmm. So just kind of give us a little background of, of both of these companies and sort of just tell us a little bit more about them. So Brown Girls Do Gymnastics is a organization that promotes diversity in gymnastics. Um, We started as a social media um, platform and we moved into a conference, an actual physical conference here in Atlanta. We are hoping to do more, but the conference involves the parents and the gymnast. And so it's it's really unique in that um, most of the time uh, you either have parent meetings and gymnastics uh, training, but this week bring it all together. And your background is in gymnastics gymnastics. coaching. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I've coached gymnastics for 20 years. But you, how long did you do gymnastics? Because I think you said you started around five years old. Yeah, about 10 years, 10 to nine years um, okay. of gymnastics myself. Yeah. Which is a yeah. full career for women in gymnastics, right? Well, I mean, it depends on who you're talking to. Um, yeah. Yes, I did a lot of gymnastics in my life, um, but there's also, you know, collegiate gymnastics and elite gymnastics. Mm. So some folks are competing a lot longer. Right. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Brown Girls do gymnastics. Um, just a little context for that for people is that there is Brown Girls Do and Brown Girls Do Ballet. So maybe you can just talk about sort of how you ended up being the founder of Brown Girls Do Gymnastics and sort of and and what Brown Girls Do in its entirety is. 
Yeah, I always um, laugh when I tell people about how this all happened. Um, so Brown Girls Do, Inc. is a nonprofit. Um, it's kind of like an umbrella of different sports or activities for brown girls. Um, brown Girls Do Ballet was actually first, and it started um, Takia Wallace is the founder. Um, she's a photographer and started um, Brown Girls Do Ballet to help her daughter but stay interested in, in ballet because there weren't many brown people in Dallas. Um, and so she started taking photos of, of brown gymnasts. Um, and one day she posted something asking, like, what should I do this year? And I was like, you should do a gymnastics one. And um, she deleted my comment. So I was like, dang. Um, and then <laughs> please and don't give in- me advice. <laughs> yeah. And then she inboxed me and was like, um, you should do it. And I was like, whoa, you know. And, um, and so we talked about it. And she was like, you know, so I, t- I took it down because somebody will go get your domain. So she was like, go get the domain. And, and it was like full steam ahead after that. Um, so that's how Brown Girls Do Gymnastics started, just from an idea. From well, that's incredible because we've been talking a lot about women lifting women up, right? And giving yeah. them opportunities. And um, and so she was she was like, probably she's like, I don't want to do another thing, maybe yeah. a little. <laughs> But also in the way that she was thinking about you, she's like, that is a great idea. But she thought about you with, I don't want someone else to see this and take that domain. So um, do you guys still have a a close relationship? Because it is really important to have women in your life that are uplifting. Uplifting. Yes. Um, We're not close, I wouldn't say, but we definitely um, talk Um, and we definitely um, check in with each other about what's going on. She has two children. Um, her son is one year older than mine. So it, I know what she's going through. Um, I only have one, but um, so, and she's just as busy. Her husband has a um, restaurant in Dallas. She has an art gallery. So we're, you know, we're just doing a whole lot, but we definitely right. keep in touch. Yeah. And it's structured differently too. As you said, hers was more um, taking photos and putting them up there of um, inclusive ballet dancers. And mm-hmm. then yours is more a event-based and program-based organization where um, you're teaching brown girls and everybody else that you can do gymnastics and here's ways that you can do it, right? Right, right. She has programs. I don't want to say that she's only on social media because I feel that definitely takes away from what she's doing. Like she has Uh um, a closet where she, um, which she calls it a closet, but um, folks donate like ballet shoes and things that Mm. you need for, yeah. Um, She does a calendar where she gets the girls together and sells a calendar for scholarships. Um, but it is definitely more um, like behind the scenes. The gymnastics version is we do conferences and we actually see people in person. Yeah. Yeah. So as a young girl that was doing gymnastics at a really young age, because for brown girls, for black women and sort of the representation there, as you were growing up, did you have anyone that a woman or, or a mentor or a person in your life that sort of helped encourage you to continue when maybe were you the only woman of color in your class or were you in an area that was diverse? Um, I'm from North Florida. Um, so there, there is some diversity in the, in the city, but it, there's a bit that sec- segregated. Um, my neighborhood is very, very black. You don't typically see other races at all, but my school was predominantly, my schools were always predominantly white and the gym was definitely predominantly white. Um, there were some, I had maybe like, at one time, I might have two other Black girls in the class or team with me. Um, as far as people that I looked up to, um, I have a cousin who's about maybe like six or seven years older than me who did gymnastics. 
Um, and I definitely looked up to her. She was great. She actually ended up um, a cheerleader at University of Florida. She didn't continue with gymnastics, but yeah, she's like super cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like you have a bit of the entrepreneur bug too. You have Cooper Rose, you have um, Black Girls Do Gymnastics. Um, did you always think that you were going to be an entrepreneur? How did, was that something that you saw even as a small child that you would end up becoming? I knew that I wanted to own a gym when I was like five or six, honestly. Um, that was something that I just would always tell my mom. Um, my granddad has a steel or he passed away, but had a steel erection company my whole life. And that's actually one of the ways that I started doing gymnastics. He had scaffolding outside of his house and, um, I would do stuff on it. Um, and, um, yeah. And then my dad owns grocery stores. So the, the entrepreneur, like spirit is a part of my fiber, I guess. (laughs) It is interesting. I think a, a lot of the women that we have interviewed have had somebody and, and it does, it does tend to be men in their family yeah. that were entrepreneurs, but that it was instilled in them that, because entrepreneurship, I was trying to explain to my son, he's very risk adverse. Yeah. Um, we're still in the time of COVID. And I told him I booked a dentist appointment and we're in New Jersey. So we really haven't left our house. And he started crying oh, no. because he's so afraid to go outside. And I'm like, Oh, I got to do something about this. So he's very like risk adverse. And I had to explain to him, did you know that what mommy does is risky? Like as an entrepreneur starting businesses, cause he, he's growing up with that. So it wouldn't be something that would not be the thing that he saw as risky, right? Leaving our house to go to the dentist is risky. Yeah. <laughs> At least so, now it is. Yeah. <laughs> but just realizing I was like, Oh, this is what he's growing up with. So it's, it's natural to him versus I do mm-hmm. have friends people I've grown up with, the idea was to go to college and work for somebody else. And so by having these people in our family that have been entrepreneurs, because I also come from a family of entrepreneurs or that have taken great risk in big changes, right? Like me and his family uh, were refugees. And so they- Stark opposite, no, no entrepreneurs. But but they did, they were risky to like move. They moved somewhere and had to start from something. A lot of people stay comfortable, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's just, it's, it's interesting to see that you had that uh, modeled for you in your life and that you at five were starting a gym. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just a couple things I, I do want to just touch on really fast. The HBCU campaign, um, you were explaining it to me prior to this and I'd love for you to just basically tell our listeners a little bit more about that. Yeah. So there are, um, over a hundred HBCUs, um, historically black colleges and universities, um, in the United States. And there aren't any at all that have gymnastics. The I think for me, um, growing up in Tallahassee, there's a huge HBCU that I grew up going to football games and the whole thing. Um, but ne- there was never gymnastics. And the track was always cheerleading. Um, mm. And that wasn't necessarily something that I wanted to do, but it was just something you just knew that you couldn't continue gymnastics. Um, and then finding out that um, PWIs or predominantly white colleges or institutions have gymnastics, it was disheartening. Um, there are now, um, of course, you have Simone Biles, you got Gabby Douglas, and they are the best in the world. Um, a lot of the colleges, the, the black and brown girls that are at the top of the team are brown and black girls. But the girls that may not have gotten college scholarships or may not have been able to walk on could have had another opportunity, but they don't have it. Um, There's also the legacies is what we call it. Um, My mom graduated from FAMU, Florida A&M University, which is the HBCU. But if I were to continue doing gymnastics, I wouldn't be able to be a legacy because I wouldn't be able to go to an HBCU. 
So there are all the, you know what I mean? All of these reasons for Black folks, um, why we really, really want gymnastics to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a petition right now. Um, today is actually the day that we're capping it. So go like sign the petition. Um, I think we signed we have, it already, but yeah. Yeah. But, we'll, but um, if anyone's watching live and we'll post that into the comments for you guys to also sign it today. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you. Um, we're up to over 15,000 signatures. Um, it's amazing. So really want to take, yeah. Take it to the ADs and let them see that, you know, folks really want this to happen. Yeah. So one of the things that I found really interesting with your story is that um, you have a bit of service business and a bit of product business. And one of the um, opportunities that came to you in, it's kind of evolved over the last year, I would say, is collaborating with a physical product a leotard company. And Mm -hmm. I want to tell this how that evolved, because I think that that's a great way for our product bosses that are listening, that if they wanted to get involved with a service-based person or a, something that they feel passionate about, that they can do collaborations like this. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So the company that's making our leotard is um, Garland Leos, Garland Activewear. Um, so we reached out to them last year. Um, we were looking for a leotard to add our logo to. Um, and we knew that we needed someone to sublimate. We didn't want like a print on the on the leotard. We wanted something that like could blend into the, the fabric. Um, so we reached out to them and they actually um, were able to do it. Um, we, we did pre-orders at the time and that was a lot to deal with. But we made it happen. The parents loved it. The kids actually wore the leotards for the conference um, last year. This year, um, they actually reached out to us, Garland reached out to us um, to do a coupon code to give back to the HBCU campaign. Um, but because they had already done our leotards and we needed the leotards, and I think this is like exactly what you're talking about, um, where two companies can help each other a lot. They are going to do the leotard for us. And instead of the coupon code, they're going to give us proceeds from the leotard to go to the HBCU campaign. Um, what's great is that they're doing all of the all of the real work, um, they, because they already have the, the storefront on their uh, website, um, they already know, like the pre-order, I'm telling you, it was horrible. So the fact that they can do all of that on their end um, for us and our, le- and our logo is on it, um, it's great. It's like a perfect, perfect yeah. marriage. That's what they do every day though. So for right. them, they're doing the work, but that's their, that's their business. That's what they do. So that's wonderful that you guys can bring those superpowers together. Right. Absolutely. And it's risk-free for you, but it, it also allows for you to kind of dip your toe into the world of activewear, um, you know, apparel, and that it's this collaboration and it's with a, a well-known brand. So you're not, cause I'm, I am a fashion designer and from the world of fashion. And let me tell you about manufacturing from scratch. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what this Cooper Rose perfect. It's Yeah. It's that's been the hardest part for Cooper Rose. I know that we're not talking about that right now, but the manufacturing part is horrible. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a, yeah. It's a lot of moving parts yeah. for sure. And, um, in this case, the sublimation, it's the fabric is being printed. The, pr- the fabric is actually the print. Um, mm-hmm. so I wanted to highlight, you know, that manufacturing has come a long way. Yes. And so the only people that know about it, are the people that are in manufacturing. So I yeah. think that it's amazing that there as a big business as there's the what was it called again? 
Garland. Um, yeah, Garland. That mm-hmm. they are like, hey, we have this new technology. Well, you know, newer to, and a lot of people don't know about it, but now we can help in a different way. And I right. think it's going to take those people being in this like specific industries that have always done things a certain way to be like, how can I help with the knowledge that I have and the technology that I have and collaborate with these, if it's smaller brands or whatever, and bring that together because you can even do that as on a small scale, you know, like not Garland, but even as a small maker, for example, you can collaborate and, you know, your two pieces to a puzzle. Right. Yeah. So touching on Cooper Rose really quick. I know it's shifting your brain over to that, <laughs> but um, it is a eco-friendly baby brand and you advocate for natural parenting in communities that are lacking support. So it also has a very, it's a similar thing theme and not theme, but your mission in the businesses that you're creating are to support and uplift, and especially the black community and, and people of color. Because one of the things I love the shirt is, um, young gifted and Brown. Yes. It started for me. I it's the, the whole natural parenting, um, philosophy, I guess it's, it's strange almost that it has a name because if you think about it, it's stuff that we've already been doing like as a, as, as human people, you know, um, human beings. Um, so like you, we cloth diapered, everybody did at some point, like down the line, um, we breastfed, it's just what our breastfeed is what people do. Um, and so all of these things are, um, principles or practices of, of, um, natural parenting for me. Um, when I had my son, I bought the Gerber diapers just from target because I remember my grandma having them around the house. I didn't really I don't know why I bought him. I just bought him. And um, he had a, a diaper rash. And I remember my grandma telling us to let the baby's bottom air out. And so I wanted to put the Gerber diaper on, on him, but I didn't have the diaper pins. So I went looking for diaper pins and um, couldn't find them anywhere. I went into a boutique and the lady, um, the, the owner was like, oh, we don't have diaper pins, but we have cloth diapers and pointed to a wall and there were like all these colors of diapers. And so I didn't know what she was talking about because I didn't know anything about modern cloth diapers. So like out of all of my friends that have had babies and um, all of my friends who are pretty natural people, like vegan and, you know, like do things of the earth, nobody used cloth diapers and it didn't make any sense to me. So I figured I should find out if it's just my friends or if more black people just don't know. Um, the more I cloth diaper my son, the more I realize black people don't cloth diaper. I mean, they do, but a lot, it's not like, it's not a major, it's not a thing that we do in the community a lot. Um, and it's so beneficial. I mean, it saves money. It's great for the skin. Um, it's great for the environment. And so I really wanted to get that word out. And so that's how Cooper Rose came about. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. What you're doing in both of your businesses, and we haven't even touched on the other things that you're doing, but (laughs) in both of these businesses, at least like they have great impact on the world around us, on people, um, bringing awareness, bringing opportunities. And I just love that. It just is you, right? Like it just, it's, it's built into you, like your passion for it. And then this mission. And, um, I hope that we can continue to support you as you're growing these businesses and managing a toddler. <laughs> Thank you. That's the yeah. hardest part. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it is. Um, so Darren, tell our listeners where they can find you and make sure to tell them about both um, Brown Girls Do Gymnastics and um, Cooper Rose. Brown Girls Do Gymnastics is that everywhere. So it's browngirlsdogymnastics.com. 
It's at Brown Girls Do Gymnastics, um, Instagram, Facebook. Um, for Cooper Rose, um, CooperRoseBaby.com, Cooper Rose Baby everywhere, um, Instagram, Facebook. Amazing. So thank you for being on the podcast and we cannot wait to support you online. So everyone just make sure to share her businesses, to follow them and to buy from them. Thank you. Thanks, (laughs) Darren. Hey guys, wait, before you go, we want to remind you that we've created this incredible masterclass. It is totally free. It is our pivot and sell masterclass where we are going to teach you how to create a plan to boost your sales and grow your business right now. You do not want to miss this. It's totally free. So Mina, where should they go? Go to pivotandsell.com and you guys can get that free masterclass and get started on creating a plan to boost your sales right now.